Welcome to Victory Church's online podcast library. We hope you enjoy this message today. You know, we're going to go into, um, just for a few minutes, John chapter 12 tonight. And I want to take you to the very heart of our Christian faith. And and in in this passage, we see the very nucleus of of the early church that was about to be birthed. We see the closest followers of Jesus. There's, of course, the the 12 disciples, and there's a handful of of women that were part of that inner circle. There were several women that were part of that. You could call it part of the apostolic band, even though they they weren't apostles per se, but they were part of that team, and they were part of that inner circle. And they were there in, in um, um, the night before, the night before um, the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And there was um, an interesting incident that took place. I'm going to read it and I'm going to share a blog with you. But there's an interesting incident that took place that you could call, you could, you could say that this was in effect the first church split or church fight. And it happened right there. It happened right there in that inner nucleus. And it wasn't just Judas. It says in Matthew's Gospel, it says, let me see the way, it it says that when the disciples saw what Mary was doing, when the disciples saw Mary's worship, not just Judas, but when the disciples, so a number of the disciples, there was a a faction of the disciples. It says when they saw um, um, Mary worship, It says the disciples saw it. They were indignant. They were angry. So there was a fight right at the very center of this Christian faith. It was about to be birthed. Now, if if this wasn't thwarted that night, you know, in in one argument, you could say, well, the church never would have happened. Well, God was it was going to happen, but it, it would not have happened with those people. Because they were about to be it, it totally eliminated. So it was, and the, the strange thing about it, the fight was about, was about worship. That's what the fight was about. And, you know, so if going back to, you know, what's the source of worship, which is what we're, we're going we're gonna to think about that. Why was, why was Mary a worshiper? And the leader of this, this fight we find in John 12 was, was of course, Judas. Why was Mary a worshiper and Judas wasn't a worshiper? And some of the other disciples, some were worshippers, some weren't. Why? Why, why was there, there a difference? What was the difference between one group's experience and another group's experience? It was because of what they had seen. It was because of what they had seen spiritually or what they hadn't seen spiritually. We worship what we know. That's what Jesus said. So if you don't know spiritually, if you don't know spiritually, if you don't have a revelation of Christ spiritually, you can't worship. You can sing the popular songs. You might have a great voice. You might be able to play an instrument, but you can't worship. Because worship is only birthed by revelation. Only. Now listen, listen to this. John 12. Six days before the Passover, this was the day before the triumphal entry, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was, was, who had been raised from the dead. There they had, they made him a supper. They made Jesus a supper and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. And Mary took a pound of very costly oil 
uh, we, we found in another, in one of the other, um, well, later on in this passage, we see that it's worth 300 denarii or a, an annual wage, a year's salary. She took a pound of spignard, anointing the feet of Jesus and wiping his feet with her hair. Now, you know, we've read this passage and we've become familiar with it, but that, you have to admit, that is pretty radical. That's pretty radical to take an entire annual salary and pour it out and to use your hair to wipe somebody's feet with. That, you don't see that every day. That's unusual behavior. Right? And it, it was, it, it caused the disciples to have a division in their midst. Her, the way she was responding, the way she was displaying her affection caused a fight. They were offended. They were offended by her, her love. They were offended by her display of affection. They were offended, they were offended of the, the so-called waste of this valuable treasure. Could have been used for something else. So, but one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him said, why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? Then he said not that he, he said this, not that he cared for the poor. It was a smoke screen. It was just a smoke screen. Not, he was just using, you know, this is, and that's, that's, it's a funny thing that so many people's arguments, they don't really mean or believe what they're saying. It's just an, it's just a, it's just a, you know, a, a, a talking point. It's just a narrative. But they don't really believe that. Judas didn't believe this. It was just the narrative. And so, you know, so Judas is arguing, we get to use this to feed the poor. And he, then he, that, this he said, not because he cared for the poor, because he was a thief. And he had the money box. He was the treasurer. He was in charge of the resources. He had the money box. He used to take what, and he used to take what was put in it. He would pilfer from the money box. Can you imagine stealing from the ministry of Jesus? That's pretty, that's pretty radical. You don't, you don't just start out that way. That comes over time. It comes over time of making bad choices and, and disagreeing and being offended. And then you, and you start doing things that you wouldn't normally do. So they, he was, he was going to steal from the money box. Or he had been. He had been stealing from the money box. But Jesus said, leave her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial, for the poor you have with you always, but you do not always have me. So let me read a portion of this, this blog. It's called Mary's Revelation and a quote from Matthew's gospel about this. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant, saying, why this waste? For this could have been sold for a large sum and given to the poor. What we value says a lot about us. In the last week of the life and ministry of Jesus, we see the conflict of what really matters in life raise its ugly head in the inner circle of the disciples of Jesus. For Mary, her actions told her story. She loved Jesus and how he had changed her life. She loved sitting in his presence. She loved listening to his words. For, for Mary, he was the prize. For Mary, Jesus was the prize. 
Not what he could do for her. The prize was him. He was the prize. That's why she wanted to anoint him, him with this oil and pour out her, her, her possession on him. He was the prize. He was her treasure. She showed that as she, she showed that as she poured out her most precious treasure, an alabaster box with spicknard valued at one year's wage. Today, maybe $40,000 or more. She poured out her treasure of love because she valued him above all things. Jesus, Judas saw things differently. Why waste this valued spicknard? We could sell it and do something for the poor. Judas valued ministry and the power ministry wields more than he valued Christ. Things haven't changed much over the years. Today we find the same kind of temptations. The crowds that ministry attracts brings power and influence. Too often we see successful ministry by the size of the crowds and the size of the offerings. Maybe a good Sunday is more than that. Maybe pouring out our love on Christ himself is a better description of a great Sunday. So I skip down to the end. So what, so what kind of disciple are you? One lost in his feet at his, at, in worship or the one drunk on the power and influence of ministry? They look strangely familiar until someone pours out the oil. You know, Paris and I last Sunday, Easter Sunday, after our church service, you know, we went and we got um, in our house. We did a replay of the original movie of Jesus Christ Superstar. If you've never seen it, it's, you know, it's 1973. Things have changed a lot in the movie industry since 1973. But they did a really good job for the time um, with that film. And the, the, if you haven't seen it before, actually, this movie is, you could call it the gospel according to Judas. It was Judas's version of what was going on. And version had, Judas had things twisted. He had everything twisted. And it showed in the, in the, one of the main scenes in this movie, it showed this, you know, I don't know how to love him scene with Mary pouring out her, her love and her oil on the feet of Jesus. And Judas being offended and, and, and confronting Mary. We see the confrontation of two of the key players in this band of followers of Jesus. We have that. It's really a representation of the conflict that's been going on for over 2,000 years in Christianity. One sees, one sees Christ as the prize. One sees Christ as the treasure, and one sees ministry as an opportunity to advance your own personal agenda. One sees it as an opportunity for, for business advancement, or one sees it as an opportunity for, for political advancements. One sees it for an opportunity to, to persuade the world, and that's what, that's why Judas was so upset. He wanted, he wanted Jesus to be the political ruler, and if Jesus was a political ruler, maybe he could be the VP, maybe he would be next in line for the throne. Or at least maybe he could be an ambassador, or a diplomat, or, or someone with influence and clout and, and money at the end of the day. But that's not what Jesus came for. What did Mary see? What did Mary see that caused her to be at his feet? 
What did Mary see? What have you seen that causes you to recognize what the true treasure is in Christianity? What have you seen or have you seen it for yourself yet? Let me, I wrote down a couple of things that Mary saw. First of all, Mary had a revelation of Christ and his greatness that led to her worship. She saw him. She saw him not as the earthly Messiah, but she saw him as the Son of God. She somehow had caught a glimpse of that. She recognized that. And she began to anoint him. She was anointing him. As, in a sense, she was, she was initiating this anointing that was Jesus was about to step into of his heavenly ministry. He had finished his, his season on earth as the Son of Man. He's about to step into his role that he's in today as the Son of God. She saw it. He's more than a man. He's more than a man. He's the ruler of all things. He rules the wind and the waves. He drives out demons. He heals sickness with his word. As a matter of fact, he raised my brother from the tomb just a few days ago. He's more than just a man. What can I give him? I don't have anything of value that I can give him that will improve him or improve his circumstances. I know what I'll give him. I'll give him my love. That's all at the end of the day he's after. That's all he's after. He's after your worship. That's all he's after. He's after your worship. He doesn't want to be second fiddle in your life. He wants to be first. He doesn't want to be second, third, or fourth. He wants to be first. When he's first in your life, your life will go better than you can ever imagine. So she saw it. She saw what Judas couldn't see. Judah saw the power. She saw Christ as the Son of God. Mary also had something else that she had. She had a revelation of the Word of God. You know, you remember, you go back and, and you read the story. Where there was another time when Jesus went to um, minister at, um, at Lazarus' home, at, at Mary's home. Mary and, and Martha, she was at their home and Jesus was sitting there. It's in Luke chapter 10. And, and um, Jesus was teaching the Word of God. And Mary was all busy around the house fixing and, and, and getting ready for the meal and fixing everything up and doing all the, the busy work that has to be done when there's a, a crowd of people in your home. But Martha was getting offended because Mary wasn't helping. And so she got upset and she went to Jesus, tell her to get up off of her rear end and come help me. With the chores around the house. And Jesus said, oh, no, 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 no. He said, he, it says, she had a sister called, let's, let's go back. I want to go back and read this so I don't, I don't misquote it. It's in Luke chapter 10. It's, it's such a powerful, a powerful passage. And it gives us really a, a glimpse into, into Mary's understanding of who Jesus was. It happened. Uh, Luke 10, 10, 38, it happened as they were in a, in, had entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his words. Notice she was sitting at his feet. Why? She was listening to his teaching. She recognized the life that was coming from his mouth. Man shall not live by bread alone. Martha was all about the physical bread. Mary had recognized the value of spiritual bread. Have you seen that yet? 
Have you seen it yet? Have you begun to value in your own personal life the written word of God or the spoken word of God? So she sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word, but Martha was distracted with much serving. She was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me, left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you're worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed. Everyone say one thing is needed. One thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. So she had seen something. Even, even at this early stage in the ministry of Jesus, she had latched onto something. She had recognized the importance of His Word. She had also recognized the importance of this, this unusual attraction, this unusual presence that was on Him. When Jesus came into the room, the, the room changed. The atmosphere changed. The atmosphere in that living room was different than it was before Jesus came to visit their house. Mary recognized it and she was, she wasn't going to be distracted from this. She wasn't going to do any, anything else but get as close as she possibly could. Bask in this presence, whatever this was, that had come and filled her house and listened to his word because she had found this is life itself. This is why Mary was different from the others. She had a revelation of Christ. She had a revelation of Jesus. He's the Son of God. She had a revelation of His Word. His Word, His Word is, is, a, is a food for my soul. She had a revelation of this anointing that was, that was on Him that would transform and change our lives. Now we look and go back to um, the story again in, um, in Matthew's version. So... Um, Right in the middle of this confrontation, you know, between Mary and, and Judas and the other disciples, Jesus stepped in the middle of it. He, he stepped in the middle. Thankfully, he stepped in the middle of it because he, he stopped it right where it was. And, it's, and the ultimate loss, the only one that they lost as a result of all this was Judas. The only one that they lost. The rest were saved. So here's, the, here's what Jesus said. Jesus was aware of what was going on. He said to them, Why do you trouble this woman? For she's done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always. You'll always have the poor. You can, you can minister. He wasn't telling them not to do that. You always have the opportunity to minister to the hurting. They're there all the time. They're on every street corner. You'll always have the poor with you. But you will not always have me. I'm going to be gone. He said, for in pouring this fragrant oil... On my body. Now this is it. Catch. This is it. This is it. This is what she saw that the others didn't see. For in pouring this fragrant oil on my body, she did it for my burial. This was an incredible display of faith. She was displaying her faith. Christ came to save sinners. It's possible. We don't know exactly who Mary of Bethany was. Many people think Mary of Bethany and Mary Magdalene were one and the same. But all of us are sinners saved by grace. Christ came to die for the ungodly. And regardless of what this was, Mary of Bethany or Mary Magdalene or both, she had recognized why Jesus came. Christ died to save sinners. He's going to die. 
He's going to die. That's what this is about. I see it now. That's, that's what he is. He's not a conquering king. He's a suffering servant. Christ came to, to, to save sinners. That's how he's setting me free. That's how he's set me free. Christ is dying to save sinners. It's about to happen in these next few days. I'm going to anoint his body for burial. If you read the rest of the Gospels, none of the rest ever got to anoint his body for burial. No one else did. Why? Because of the, 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 the complication that happened after his crucifixion. They weren't able to anoint his body, but, but she was. She anointed his body by faith. She was worshiping him and she recognized Christ died for me. Christ died to save sinners. And that, that's what, that's what Judas couldn't see. Judas saw power and influence and notoriety. But Mary saw that Christ died to save sinners. Christ came to take my sins away. I'm going to worship Him. I'm going to give Him everything I have. I'm going to pour my whole life out on Him because He is my life. His loving kindness is better than life. I want to, I want to give myself to you. You know, Pastor Chris mentioned a line tonight when he was up here during the offering. He mentioned a line from one of John Wesley's songs. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing my great Redeemer's praise. He said, I only have one tongue. I wish I had a thousand tongues. I only have one life. I wish I had a a thousand lives. I only have one vial. I wish I had a thousand vials. I wish I could go to a thousand countries instead of just preaching in one. Oh, if I could give myself to my Savior because of what He's done for me. I want to sing His praise because of His love that He's given to me and and transformed my life. That's that's what Mary had. That's what made Mary different. And this last, we'll we'll finish with this. John chapter 12, verse 4 through 7. Again, in the middle of this this argument. One of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil um, not sold for 300 denarii? This, this he said, not that he cared for the poor, but he was a thief and had the money box, and he used to he was take what was put in it. But Jesus said, Let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you have with you always, but you do not always have me. Here's the, the difference. There's two kingdoms. There always are. There's two kingdoms. Some people have never recognized, but only the one kingdom. This, uh, there's the, the spirit of the world, the spirit of Antichrist, that's ruling one kingdom. And there's spirit of the Lord, the spirit of Christ, who's ruling the other kingdom. And you cannot, you dare not embrace both. They're here with us right now, right here amongst us. One is very visible. It's very, it's apparently, apparently powerful. It's trying to push and shove and, and bully people around and make people take on the, the world's concepts and the world's beliefs and the world's system and the world's narratives. And the other is this unseen kingdom that, that Mary saw by the Holy Spirit. She saw it by the Spirit. She saw the, the value of Christ. His death and his suffering was more value than being a a king, a ruler on a throne. More important and more valuable than defeating the Romans to lay his life down for our sins. So if you recognized, 
You can smell it. It doesn't take once your once your eyes have been opened. Once your eyes have been opened, you see it everywhere. It's everywhere. It's in every news report. It's in every secular song. It's in every movie. It's in the people that you're working with every day. It's the world system. It's the kingdom of this world. It's the one that had deluded Judas. And it's why Judas was deceived. And Mary had chosen a different part. Yes, so we worship what we know. Yeah, that's, that's why people have, they've always asked, you know, is it okay for Christians to listen to secular music? That's like saying, is it okay for me to leave here and go to the bar tonight? Why would I do that? Why, why would I do that? That was where the dead man used to go. That, there's nothing there. There's nothing there in the bar for me. They're singing. They're, 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 they're drinking death and they're singing dead songs. And they're living for another kingdom. Why would I want to be a, a political leader? It's being ruled by people that are involved in, in the spirit of this world. I'm not interested. I'm not interested in that. There's another kingdom that I am interested in. There's another king. It came to a, it just a few days after this, it came to a head when Jesus was brought and he stood before Pontius Pilate, the, 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 the emblem or the picture of Roman authority and the authority of this world that was there holding the Jews under his foot. And he looked at him and he says, you're pathetic. You don't look like a king. You're the king of the Jews. You don't look like a king. And Jesus said, you say rightly that I am. My kingdom is not of this world. That's what he told him. You can't see it, Pilate. You cannot see it. You cannot see it. So that's Jesus is going out. He's proclaiming his word. Right now he's, he's right here. It's a secret kingdom. He's here in the midst of us tonight. He's, he's proclaiming his gospel in this place. He goes out from us every day and we're out there recruiting people to join this, this secret kingdom. We're, what, what are we doing? We're recruiting worshipers that will worship him with us. And it comes in a moment of time as they begin to see that Christ died to save sinners. They see it for themselves. They see that, that he's more valuable than anything else. They see the, the value of Christ. They see the value of his word. They see the value of his presence. And they see the power of his kingdom. And their prayer becomes the prayer that he taught us to pray. Oh, Lord, let your kingdom come. Visit our website at www.victorychurchnola.com for service times and more information.